Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners, the paper review show that has comedians look at tomorrow's papers instead of waffly old fuddy-duddies. My name's Dominic Frisbee and tonight my guests are both from the wrong side of the Atlantic Ocean. They are Dana Alexander and Scott Capuro. Hello, guests, strangers to our land. Yeehaw! <laughs> well, you're from San Francisco, Scott, is that right? Originally, yes, I am, yes. And yeah. why did you choose London ahead of SF? Um, I, I prefer the weather. It keeps me younger looking. But also, I felt the British were less savage about their reactions to most things civil. I, I felt safer here. Ah, mm. but has that changed in the culture war? Have we no, they've become more brutal, I think. Yeah, the, the conservatives like to eat red meat and hate everyone. So it's become a bit brutal here. But I'm, you know, I'm playing along, really. And Dana, Edmonton? Edmonton, Alberta, yeehaw! That's like <laughs> central Canada, isn't it? It's actually western Canada. Okay, but it's nice it's a place try. where even black people know how to two-step and line dance, and that includes me. Okay, <laughs> very good. So you're good at country dancing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's not, it's not something I like to share, but it is something I can do. It's so I, fun. I don't look like it, but I was a UK former salsa dancing champion once upon a time. Salsa dancing? Mm -hmm. You. Mm -hmm. I remember no. that. <laughs> I can believe that. That's hard to picture. Right. Um, the show starts with a gander through tomorrow's headlines, so let's do that now, starting with the Daily Mail, which has Telegraph. Don't Let Putin Do This In Your Name. That's Boris's message to the Russian people. On to the Telegraph. Um, Stop Putin or dissolve yourself, Zelensky tells UN. That's a story we'll be covering. There's also a picture of Tiger Woods, who's making a return to the Masters and claims he can win it. Good luck to him. Uh, on to the Independent, and there we see a picture of Zelensky um, addressing the UN in a scene that looks like something out of Star Wars. <laughs> and then we have ministers left in dark as COVID test scheme ends. Scientists warn of public health risk as infections hit record high. On to the Financial Times. Fed to make rapid cuts to balance sheet next month, says top official. That's so-called quantitative tightening. And there's also US, UK and Australia band together on hypersonic weapons to counter China. That's just what we need. Right, the mirror's next. If I don't make it, this is who you are. And this is a message that a mum has written on her two-year-old daughter's back in case she's killed. Can you imagine? On to the <laughs> Times. Um, Britain wants hypersonic missiles to counter Russia. I thought it was China, but maybe it's Russia. Uh, and there's a picture of a protester in, in uh, Moscow who's um, alerting Russians to what's going on in, in, in Ukraine. Um, on to the Express. 2,921 council fat cats paid more than 100 grand. I'm sure that'll make taxpayers across the country delighted. That's a recent research report by the Taxpayers Alliance. On to the I, Tory rebellion brewing over Channel 4 privatisation. That's another story we'll be looking at. The Metro's next. 
You've been on the vodka. This is in reference to Russia's attempts to blame Ukraine uh, for the fact that it was invaded. I mean, literally, have you been on the vodka? <laughs> and finally, we have the Daily Star. Oldies on the front line. Dud's army. <laughs> Don't tell him your name, Ivan. Vlad's so desperate he's recruiting soldiers <laughs> aged 60. Goodness me. Yeah. And those are the headlines. And so we start with Wednesday's Telegraph. Dana, this is yours. Zelensky was on a, I guess it was a Zoom call of some kind to the UN, and he really didn't miss his, mince his words, did he? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky tells the UN, act now to stop Russia or dissolve yourself. Ukrainian leaders call for new Nuremberg trials and attack on world peacekeepers for failure to halt Vladimir Putin's war. And he's also claiming that they are committing the most terrible war crimes we have seen since the Second World War, which I don't think that's true, as there was a, a ethnic cleansing of Bosnians out of Yugoslavia in, the, Yugoslavia in the 90s, but we can move on from that. So, yeah, they, were, they actually used Adolf Eichmann, who was one of the architects of uh, the Nazi regime, who actually ended up escaping to Argentina. They said it was Nuremberg, but actually he was kidnapped by the Mossad and they tried him in Israel. Yeah, so this is interesting. I think what was really crazy was when you looked at the amount of bodies and how long they had been left on the ground. So they tried to claim that this was fake. It wasn't fake. They had some satellite images and the bodies were still in the same position. So, yeah, horrible. It's gruesome. There was some CCTV, I gather. Was it CCTV or a satellite picture? Of it's a, a satellite picture by, from a... This is part of, the, well, part of the problem. This is what Russia's using in their favor. They're satellite pictures from Maxar Technologies, which is a company that works with 50 different countries and 70 different businesses across the world. But they are located in the U.S. mostly, and they have a huge American flag in their office that promotes the business. So Russia is saying all these photos have been, uh, they've all been faked. They've all been, you know, portrayed to make us look bad. Those bodies were not there when we were in the country. They were dropped by the Ukrainians after we left on the 31st of March. We had nothing to do with this. If you look at the satellite images, you'll see a man next to his bike. He appears to have been shot walking his bike down the street. Well, I think earlier the CC, taught, CC had him, yes. showed him on his bike. Yes, of course. Soldiers shooting at him. So, yes, Is of it course. CCTV? Or uh, again, I, I, they use all sorts of technology, this company. But I think the problem is that there's been so much torture and abuse in and around Kiev, for instance, and in other cities that the world is shocked and stunned and has no idea, really, obviously, from what you've said, it's true. How to confront the Russians. They have one of the five votes to veto on the UN Security Council, and they vetoed the idea of, of withdrawing any troops from the Ukraine. They're claiming that they've gone in to save Ukrainians from the Nazi regime running the country who kills their own citizens. They claim that the torture is all a lie and that they have been a place for migrants from the Ukraine to run to for safety into Russia. Um, Again, the, the, the Ukrainians, as, as, as they've gone back into some of these towns near, the, near Kiev with Zelensky, have found half-burned bodies where it appears as though the uh, forces leaving had little time. So they just burned what they could to get rid of some of the evidence. There's they, also looting. Looting, women Brand. being raped, women being branded with in Nazi symbols and then burned, yes, in front of the kids. They found uh, people crushed in their cars by tanks. This is Europe now. And um, the UN is completely incapable of confronting Russia. That's why he's saying, you need to do something or 
just not exist. Well, it would seem he's absolutely right. It's understandable, isn't it? You know, Putin's always lied, so why he wouldn't be lying about nuking everybody? I don't know why NATO and the UN is taking his word for, for it over that and not going in. I think Putin's not going to stop. He's not been told to stop. No, he's not going <laughs> to so stop. So why would he? I, I mean, we're he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> so, as the, you know, uh, yeah, it's, as Clint Eastwood says when he's asked why the serial killer uh, in one of his films won't stop killing, because he likes it. Yeah. But hey, they let uh, Zelensky on the Grammy, so all is well. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Scott, which is slightly off topic, but you're an expert in the subject. I am pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Like, my gaydar says that Vladimir Putin is gay. <laughs> and because no straight man is that kempt. Right. Do you think, is that a fair... I mean, he's never put his hand on my leg, but I would say that he presents himself in a very um, uh, sexually dynamic way that isn't usually something a straight guy Shirtless does. Shirtless horseback riding. Shirtless horseback riding yeah. in the woods. And uh, he's, there's a lot of Botox and a lot of surgery. The wife looks like a radiator. It's hard to say, She's really. She's a beard. Yeah. She has a beard. Um, well done. And um, I think uh, what's going on is uh, his, it may be that his masculinity is a question. No one really knows why he's behaving the way he's he is, except that he's always behaved this way. And he's only five it's, to five and he has massive lifts. Do you, know what I do you know what I think, though? I'm sure we've all him. seen Top Gun, right? Sometimes when you overdo the macho, you go to the gay side. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> you go to full circle, don't you? You wind up on your back. Right back. It's true, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, the I is next and we're changing the subject. And the Tories are not so united, it seems, on the proposals to privatise Channel 4. Oh, right. On Channel 4, um, the privatisation uh, Channel 4, as some of the supporters of Channel 4 are saying, who are opposed to the privatisation of it, to the selling of it, basically, to another company, they're saying that this is revenge for the way Channel 4 reported on Brexit and continues to report... Against the Tory party. From a liberal perspective, they say. And um, the idea is that I mean, a lot of Tories don't want Channel 4 sold. They believe in competition amongst, you know, social media companies. outlets. I mean, and, and, and uh, Thatcher created the channel, so they're wondering why the Tories now are doing this. Um, and it's clear that either Channel 5 or, or ITV will buy it because they're the ones with the most sure. money. And then there will be no competition between the networks because they own it. So it's, Maybe GV News will buy it. That does, yeah, that might be the case. But what I found really interesting about the channel is that it is publicly owned, but it is not publicly funded. Mm. And I don't actually think that this is a bad move. I don't know if you know, but the film industry is booming. They have uh, Netflix over here shooting things, Fox, Fox uh, Nickelodeon. So we, and let's be honest, it'd be nice to get, I think with the competition, it might bring British programming to a higher standard, at least to a global standard where they could start selling the programs abroad and not having Americans remake what they've made because it was shot on, you know, terrible equipment. I, I think some people are feeling too, like that whatever the rules are at Channel 4 and creating new programming, that their hands are sort of tied under current conditions. That if the network wasn't sold, at least they could renegotiate their contract as how, how they're designed to create programming, which might be nice. There might be an e a, you know, a middle ground here where we can find a way that Channel 4 can free itself up. Um, and the funding they do have, they can spend on programming people won't actually watch. Well, like things with me in it. Until they book me, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> on to the Telegraph and the House of Lords is getting in the way again, it would seem. Who's got this one? I think that's that me. Last is that you? Was mine, but you oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Okay. Don't worry about it. Well, why don't you take this one then? If All you right. Want. So yeah, the go government plans to send migrants to Rwanda, and that could be blocked. Well, we know they've already tried to send them over to Albania. Mm. I think they said no. I think there was Ghana also said no to it. 
But I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at people who process their migrants offshore, like Australia, my, these people are costing about 4.3 million a year. Granted, there's only 1,193 people there at, at this time, but they can't verify, they, sorry, they can't um, justify this cost. But what I find even more interesting, a little bit of trivia if you're interested, how many of the world's refugees do you think Britain takes in? I would imagine, what percentage? Yeah. Uh, 1.3%. Less than 1%. And I find that very interesting considering there was a time when the British Empire literally It's had... not just refugees though, is it? No, no, no. It's not... What do you mean it's not just refugees? Well, it's, 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 it's migrant and illegal migrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Refugees yeah. implies people escaping but like, I thought that, countries and see, so on. But I, I think what happens is a refuge... I think that's what's really starting to bring things into problems, is that we have to define and differentiate the difference between a migrant and uh, a refugee. I think it right? is illegal. I don't think that it is. I think there's a lot of gray area because you'll find that a lot of asylum seekers have to go through a tribunal and everything else to have their claims processed because they're seen to be illegal, but they are actually valid cases. Well, apparently these, it says here that the migrants crossing the channel are incentivized, in, in, uh, sorry, incentivized by the belief that once they're in the UK, it's very difficult to remove them. I think that's why they want to put them offshore, because then that incentive will go away. It's also, uh, they think it might cost about £100,000 each migrant to process them in a place like, um, well, anywhere offshore, they say, which is quite expensive, I think. That's why some Tories are opposed to it, because the expense. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's, it's very uh, expensive, but I don't, don't see a cheap solution. Mm. Um, the, the big problem is that, I, I mean, in the case of this Rwanda thing, I can see it acting as a deterrent for about two or three months, and then it just... I can see all manner of horrible atrocities going on in Rwanda. Because there's nobody in, in charge, you know, the the the, the, Rand, the 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 British would have no say in how they're. But that's why the, that's why the House of Lords don't want it to happen there, because they're saying it's it's too insecure a place. You're putting them in a place where they have no, no rights, no safety, and they want the Lords also want to block a criminal. This being a, it, it being a criminal offence, uh, if someone uh, moves goes goes toward a country they know is illegal act of their own, they want to block that as a criminal offence, which is good too. The House of Lords are doing. That's one of the things that they're. Arguing about with the it's MPs. an unsolvable but inevitable uh, problem, an inevitable tide in the affairs of men. Now, in terms of global <laughs> significance, this next story from the Telegraph, in my view, has by far the biggest ramifications of all the stories we're looking at today: nuclear fusion. And whenever you're talking nuclear fusion, you turn to your nuclear fusion expert, <laughs> who is Dana Alexander. <laughs> Yeah, so an Oxford-based startup has claimed that major breakthrough in the quest for and crack nuclear fusion, uh, the holy grail of energy production. The First Light Fusion has managed to achieve the reaction using its unique projectile method, uh, methods for the first time in its laboratory in Kidlington. So there's always a little bit of a risk, of course, with nuclear energy and accidents. I'm sure we're familiar with what happened in Japan. It was at Fukushima in 2011 and, of course, Chernobyl. It was interesting, though. I thought there might be a bit more of a risk because, as I read, there was really only one cancer-related death in the instance of the uh, nuclear disaster in 2011 in Japan. So, I don't know, but if you look at it, 97 million barrels per day is what we use worldwide. And if we continue to use energy at the rates that we're using them now, they think that we're going to run out of oil in, you know, 46 years. So, there's really not going to be much of a choice.
We certainly need nuclear power. It's the it's the uh, silver bullet that's going to save us in the energy. Crisis. Only thing that will. Only thing we have left. That's it. Again, we've talked about this before. The center of the planet is a nuclear reactor. That's how the planet turns. That's how we live. Well, good for whatever the name of the organisation is in Oxford. I've forgotten. <laughs> right onto the Guardian, and the government has launched a study that'll solve the energy crisis. Speaking of the energy crisis, study. it is yes. The, uh, they. They want to reconsider the moratorium on fracking, the, uh, the government's announced. What's the frack? Uh, yeah, exactly. The MPs have said, uh, we need to look at this again. Um, they promised in 2019, their manifesto stated that they would not support shale gas extraction unless the science shows categorically that it could be done safely. Not many MPs in the Conservative Party behind this. And also, uh, some conservatives have come forward and said, we need to do this because of what's happening in the Ukraine using the war. To say that we, yeah, we've got to break our addiction to Russian oil. This is a way to do it, um, but only a few. We're I think it's five. We're not addicted to Russian gas. We're only the rest of Europe uh, is, yes. but we're only about five percent natural gas. Right, we well, get most of our gas from Norway. Right. But this would make us self-sufficient. And so I think, in terms of a world that's slipping out of yes. globalization into conflict, I think the rest of Europe is a concern of the UK's too. Oh yeah, as, as, we can export to them. Right, and as they slip away without Russian oil, I think UK most suffer. Also, the the, the risk with fracking, uh, water contamination, air pollution, headaches, asthma, birth defects, cardiac problems, childhood leukemia. Once your water and your air is gone. There's no point to anything, really, is there? So they really do have to consider this and take it seriously. You've got to get it right. You've got to get the science right. It's Absolutely made the U.S. Independ almost independent, but though. would you rather the U.K., a reasonably responsible crisis uh, country compared to other nations in the world, or some at least, was producing its own natural gas? Who's going to produce it more cleanly, the U.K. or some, you know, despot somewhere? And there's a lot of rocks in Scotland just sitting around doing nothing, right? A lot of pebbles on there the beach. Are. Let's use them. Right, we've Make reached the end of part one. One tradition we steadfastly maintain here at GB News is for part two to follow part one, and that is what is going to happen. We'll see you in a moment. Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Dominic Frisby. With me tonight to offset my straight white masculinity, we have box-ticking comedians Dana Alexander and Scott Capuro. And so we cross La Manche, or to use the correct pronunciation, the channel to France, where Dana Marine Le Pen is closing in on uh, statist button-pusher Emmanuel Macron. This is from uh, Wednesday's Times. Yeah, so she's been on the campaign trail for six months, so she's really had a time to improve. And I think what she's done is she's attempted to soften her xenophobic image and instead focused on the cost of living. But I think that's a play right out of Hitler's book, is it not, right? When everybody was broke, you blame it on the Jews, you blame... You know what I mean? So, at the end of the day... I, I don't think, think Marine Le Pen is Hitler. Well, no, I'm just saying... <laughs> yes. a, I'm saying that is a move <laughs> that, you know, that is a tactic that people... Well, that, politicians that, choose their arguments and, sure. and, and you concentrate on, on what you think is going to get you elected and where yeah, you think so the other guy's weak so and the cost of living crisis. like the alt-right has, right? They've had to come... They, they've had to take the hoods off and look a little bit more presentable. And they also will eventually need... I think, you're, I think uh, you're seeing this through very cynical eyes, Dana. Well, also, wow. Eric... And, and, and Emmanuel Macron is being, like, tarting himself up for the election. He's been trying to dress up like Vladimir Zelensky to make himself more electable. Well, so they're both very, at he's, it. He's very visual-pleasing, if you ask me. But all, <laughs> on his own. But also, um, 
Eric Zemmour, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, the uh, anti-Islam candidate that was running against Marie Le Pen has lost a lot of his credibility recently. So that's given her some more numbers too. And then the, the other candidates have just kind of fallen by the wayside because she gets so much TV time in France. But this always happens with her. Her numbers are high until the election starts to get nearer and nearer, then they start to decrease because people realize we can't put that lunatic as the head of the country. We've got to get, get back that it's, little conservative guy. It's so sad. I hope France doesn't do it. Have they learned nothing from Boris and Trump? Have they learned nothing? Well, I mean, we mean how to elect a winner? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I'm not sure they have. We'll see, won't we? I, I, I sense some pro-Macron sentiment which uh, contradicts with the view of your host. <laughs> <laughs> the Mirror is next, and this is one of those stories where you go, how is this even? I know. Well, you know, the Chinese need their organs. And as it turns out, they have a very short uh, waiting time for transplants in, in China, one of the shortest in the world, which is strange because they have so few donors willing to give up their organs. But as it turns out, it's okay in China to uh, harvest the organs from a dead prisoner. An executed prisoner. Well, executed, or it turns out just sort of maybe. Well, they're saying, they're yeah. wondering, there's actually an inquiry into finding out whether yeah. or not they're actually taking these organs from people who are still alive. Well, the thing is, when they're, when they're taking their hearts out, it might be the thing that executes them, as it turns out. But oh well. Did you ever see that film, Never Let Me Go, made in 2010? about children who are raised in the future UK. It's, you know, some futuristic film. Although it doesn't look in the future, but it is. And they're raised to provide organs for people that need them. And they don't know that until they're older. It's one of the most depressing films I've ever seen, but it's like this. Okay, um, Scott, uh, let's focus <laughs> with you on the next story. Uh, Wednesday's Guardian. Uh, oh no, we're on um, drug driving. Oh, the right. New drink driving. Well, as it turns out, there are more drug drivers being pulled over than drink drivers. That that number has increased, right? Um, nearly 14,000 motorists punished for driving under the influence of narcotics is a number that's greatly increased over the last two years. Um, there were um, well, almost nearly 14,000 in England and Wales, and these are people under the influence of all sorts of things that are not alcohol. And Grant Sheps says now he wants to charge them for their drug tests the way we do for drink drivers. and before they get behind the wheel of a car they sh they, that he thinks they should have to go through rehab, which they should also have to pay for. So they're getting more strict, also because he thinks... So if you smoke a spliff and you get caught yeah, driving yeah. after you smoke a spliff, you have to mm. go into rehab? Yes, and he's saying also, so watch out. And he, <laughs> you sound worried. And also he's saying we should check them for booze because people that take drugs tend to drink more and we should make that a separate penalty if you're drunk don't, and high on drugs. Don't you find it funny that they're discovering this over the two last years, which have obviously been the lockdown years? Like, I'm wondering how it's just been the last two years. Is it that there's less people on the road and there are more checks because of that? You have to wonder. Well, yeah, well I think, I know, I, I imagine drug consumption has gone up. I know alcohol consumption has. And wife beating. Right. There you go. Uh, another vice we're talking about next, uh, and this is gambling, and this is from Wednesday's Guardian, and a, a valuable source of revenue for sports and TV stars is about to be cut off, Dana. I know. So basically, the UK ban on gambling ads featuring sports and reality TV stars are, is going to be cut because they don't want gambling to be too attractive to 18-year-olds, which I found funny because there's a few... Like, when I first got to this country, I remember you know, the little alcohol pops that you guys have? 
they cut the alcohol because of the teenagers as well. It's like that, that sign I saw on a bus in Cardiff, a school bus, that said, no drinking on the bus. I'm like, they're going to school. <laughs> What's going on? Is Peppa Do you Pig? Have, you, like, you don't have, is gambling, I know, gambling as illegal in Canada altogether? It, it's not illegal in Canada, actually. You have to really work hard to get a license to gamble. So you wouldn't find like a casino, proper casino in Toronto. Everybody goes over to Niagara Falls. But they also have people who are indigenous, Right, they yeah. have a lot of casino. They own a lot but of casinos. Is the, on are reserve. the ads illegal? Um, no, yes, I think they are actually. I can't recall ever seeing a so gambling ad that I can think of. of. No, we had ads. No, for I casinos can't think of seeing. But yeah, she, but what Dana says is accurate in the U.S. too. Is it, a lot of the the casinos and gambling places are Indigenous people land, and they're also tax exempt for them. And you can also do fights on their land too, like boxing fights. Yeah, well, they're fun well, gigs when there's blood on the ground. Um, <laughs> none of it's my. I never really got gambling. Really, when I started it. Right. The uh, the Times is next, and the world's biggest ego will now be seeing overseeing the world's <laughs> biggest verbal dogfight platform. Who's this? Is you? Dan? Yeah, this is me again. So Elon Musk, who is an avid user of Twitter, has actually acquired nine point two percent. Of Twitter. So they think that as soon as this happened, shares in Twitter rose by more than a quarter yesterday after the stark market filing revealed that Tesla chief had bought 73.5 million shares in the company. So yeah, as soon as Elon Musk got on board, shares went up. But he didn't declare this and he might be fined. Oh, guess what he, what is it? What are they going to find him? It's something like $200,000 or something. I mean, what does that mean to the world's richest? 207,000. It's weird, you know. I mean, I think his declaration was like he did declare it, but he declared it too late. A week too late yeah, yeah. or something like that. Oh. So nail him. Now think, he's, he's going to miss lunch. But it's weird cuz <laughs> since Jack Dorsey left, I think they got rid of him because the company had never shown profit, and I still am not sure that Twitter has. I mean, how does it make money? Confuses me. Ads. I've always wondered that. Well, yeah, but it's, I, apparently Ads it's not are enough. Ads a source of revenue, but sure. I don't know if it's actually profitable. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing. They, they, they've abandoned most of the, uh, the headquarters in San Francisco. If you fly over it, like I do sometimes, or you look at it, it's completely empty, and that little part of the East on the on the roof doesn't happen daily anymore. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but the value of its user base, I mean, it almost doesn't matter. So many tech companies are like this. It almost doesn't matter if they don't make money. The value yeah, yeah. is in their user base and the information they have. I feel like I'm famous on Twitter, but I don't get a payback. What's the problem? No I know. Every, I, every time I write something, Elon Musk is probably thinking this because he's got how many gazillion followers he's got. Yeah. Every time he types something on Twitter, mm -hmm. Twitter's value goes up because yeah. he's bringing his fame to Twitter, mm. and the only winner from Twitter is Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he's thinking, well, I may as well have a share in it. Yeah, yeah, or more than one. So much I wonder if he's going to have any power, though, because do you remember that one kid who was following his flight path, and he tried to get the kid to take down all of his yeah. tweets? I wonder if he can now have the power to do something like that. Well, he, he's, he's on the board now, mm. so he'll have a say on the board. I mean, it's only a vote. I don't know how many others are on the board. Mm. Probably seven, something like that. And I think but he's kept... I think he's... he's is going to be a hard person to disagree with, put it that way. Mm. It'll you'll have some have to have some cojones to stand up to him. But um, I think it's for the good of Twitter because the censorship on Twitter was so inconsistent. Mm. You can see porn on Twitter. Yeah, I know. It's like, crazy. Really graphic. I know. How do you know? How do you know? I've artist who follows me. <laughs> I hired her for one of my song videos. She's absolutely brilliant. But I mean, it's really graphic stuff, and yeah. that, that's on there, mm. and yet. You know, somebody retweets a headline from a newspaper and they're blocked. Very or uses one word that they don't like. It's yeah. very strange, yeah. It so is there's blocked. lots of inconsistencies. Yeah. Right, anyway, I mean, there's inconsistencies everywhere, but 
we do our best to iron them out. Right, we're going to take another break, okay. and then it's part three. When the stories get even weirder and more wonderful, we've got daffodil slaughter, radio messages to space, and Charles Darwin's stolen notebooks. We'll see you in a moment. Welcome back to Headliners, and with me, I'm Dominic Frisbee, and with me tonight, reviewing tomorrow's papers, or today, if you're watching the early morning version of the show, we have Dana Alexander and Scott Capuro. And Scott, we'll start this part with you. The billionaire rich oh, list just got shorter. Um, how much do the, we care? Well, I'm, well, the number, well, we care, because those are some of my best friends. The number of billionaires worldwide has fallen because of the Russian sanctions, apparently. Um, the planet's richest people are still holding a combined 12.7 trillion. So don't worry too much. But the number has fallen from about, oh, I circled this. Nice it's thing. fallen by 329 to 2,668. See, there you go. And uh, some people have left the list of billionaires, including Peloton's John Foley and Bumble's Whitney Wolf Bird. Do you, do you know what I wonder if that's from the Peloton? Did you see the Sex in the City? I did, the new, yeah, yeah, when, when the Big died, died on yeah, the Peloton. <laughs> but also a, a, a kid crawled under it and died too, I think people. Oh my yeah. God. I Although, think that's also to do with just generally a lot of those tech stocks that went absolutely bananas yeah, they did during COVID. They've all fallen in value. So I'm sure John Foley's still rich, he's just not on that billionaire list. But some people have joined it like Rihanna, we love her. And Peter Jackson, the director, and um, venture capitalist Joshua Kushner. So, Bar sorry, Barbados, Bulgaria, Estonia, and Uruguay have so all Rihanna's added lists. Rihanna's a billionaire. Woo. Yeah. Wow. She better be now. She has a child. She has a child to raise. Jeff Bezos, whose fortune dropped to set 171 billion. Oh, after a small decline in the company's share price and donations to charity. Yes, but his wife hey. dropped even more because she's giving a lot more of her money. His money. Well, yeah, the money, right? <laughs> Uh, so she's fallen a bit, but she's still incredibly wealthy. But yeah, I mean, a, a lot of what's happened is this global stock has is bouncing back right now. So these billionaires might climb back up. Who knows? Yeah, I think a lot of we're going to see some billionaires in metals. Oh, right. In tin and You've copper. You've been telling me that for a very long time. Well, no, well, I told you Too back long. in the noughties to buy gold. <laughs> yeah. We'll 2000, see. 2008. Yeah, yeah, but I'm you were right angry that well, you were angry about a place. You told me you shouldn't put your money in property. You should put it in precious metals. Ah, uh, yeah. You remember well, that? I was wrong about that. Yeah, you were then. Um, but you should do it now. Uh, uh, we go on to the mirror next, and Dana, the theft of Charles Darwin's notebooks. Oh, yes, so the stolen Charles Darwin notebooks mysteriously returned to the library 22 years later after they went missing. <laughs> and of course, you know uh, Charles Darwin for survival of the fittest. And now the books were valued at 10 million by a world famous art crime investigator. But they were re returned to Cambridge, and they're actually looking at fingerprinting these and finding out who the culprit is, I suspect they're dead. Well, he returned it with a cute little note, a little e happy I don't Easter. Think in a, a pink bag. A pink bag in a little Easter, happy Easter note. So I don't think he's dead. He might, because Easter note sounds current to me. But also, they liked the note. It was a bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, funny note. So they might let him off the hook just for that reason. Yeah. I, I mean, let him think, off the hook. I think they should. They've returned the books. He, yeah. He probably he was probably there, and there was nobody looking, and he was like, I could nick these. Yeah. <laughs> so he did, and then he had them for a bit, and then returned I wonder why them. he kept them for 22 years, though, and it then is returned odd. them. Yeah, I guess he went, maybe he memorized them. Or he just, he Sounds really like a, a, a vendetta. He got mad at some, you know, sassy librarian or something like that. He's like, I'm going to get her. But maybe. it's amazing. Or maybe he couldn't sell them. Well, maybe right? he could just have one of those moments, yeah. you know, when you look back at your life and you try to right all the wrongs and mm. put past wrongs to right, and he maybe had a sort of 
a, a purge moment. An epiphany, we'll back yeah. For that reason. Or yeah, maybe yeah. Amelie. Have you seen the film Amelie? Of maybe course. She left a little trinket and that caused him to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? But uh, they're People are funny. where they belong. Well, maybe then. I bet he read them more times than they get read in the museum. He's probably he? done. Yeah, right. and they were in at a least good... he didn't spill something on him. You know what I mean? He might Come back with a the... coffee cup ring in the middle. Of I want to feel return them though, and then and then tomorrow two two other books will be missing. Though, oh, he's done it again. He's striking. That would be humiliating for the museum, right? Scott, the Telegraph now, and um, are you taken with my vanilla Musk? Um, well, <laughs> not the first time you've asked me that, but I apparently vanilla is the mo- who who blushes anymore? Vanilla is the most liked scent. Because we're boring. No. It originated in orchids. And this study um, examined 235, 235 people, presented them with 10 From cents. From nine different cultures. Nine different cultures, including America, Mexico, Thailand, maybe even Canada. Ooh. And um, they presented them with all sorts of scents. But not hoping, England. No, not England. All, all sorts of hoping that they would choose something a bit more interesting. But they came up with the most my expected one. I don't know. Vanilla always reminds me of being in some store I don't want to be in with my mom. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. somebody who just isn't that avant-garde or, you know, risky when it comes to scents. My favorite smell is barbecue. Oh, right. It's a lovely smell. I think so. I bet you they didn't put that in one of ten things. <laughs> they would have they jumped have, over vanilla. They said that the least favorite smells are ones you'd expect as well. Sweaty feet, decaying fish, and overripe green peppers. I don't know what, what that smells like. What is that about? Really, really I'm going to go awful. with fried onions. All right, you don't like you don't like that. You really? like oh, I think loves it. Best. It is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do find the smell of vanilla comfortable. Oh right, it, it smells like an it old. Smells like grandma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love the smell of bacon, although I, I refuse to eat it. But I do adore that smell of coffee. It's all those morning smells, isn't it? Pancakes. Because mm. you're hungry when you first get up. Yes. And gobble it all down. Right, you're both wrong. Fried onions is nicer. Mm. Onions fried in olive oil. Right, as someone uh, who aspires to become a digital nomad, I love this next story uh, from the Daily Mail. The global passport mm. rankings. Dana. Yeah, so I was actually surprised to find out that Japan and Singapore still have the most powerful passports in the world. The UK moved up to fifth, and the US sits at sixth, and Russia falls to 49th. And as Ukraine reaches a record high. So I think that's interesting. Do you, do you, you know what I thought was really interesting was that uh, Afghanistan can only go to 26 countries, Syria, 29, and the Ukraine, you can go to 143. That's how they measure the power is how many countries you can get into free of, without a visa. Free of visa. How do you feel like when you go over a border, that's a pretty strong passport, the American one? I usually use my Italian one, actually. It's a bit stronger. Um, to be honest. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's look up how strong it is. It's number, it's number three or four on that list, I think. It's pretty good. It's is third it? equal. It's yeah. Canada's yeah. seven. It's interesting. Yeah. I, like, I show up in some of these countries like Lithuania. I'm like, oh, they're going to question me for sure. And they're just like, no, you're Canadian. You're either doing, or you're black. You're doing one of two things, sports or entertainment. Just go inside. The, 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 <laughs> the, one from, the hardest one for me to get in and out of with my Italian passport is Italy. It's the most difficult. Really? Mm, they challenge me. They, they speak to me in Italian to see if I speak it. My husband, ironically, Brazilian, speaks Italian fluently. And he's standing behind me listening, whispering answers in my ear so I can pass the test. <laughs> and the one Why time do you use your American passport to go to Italy? Uh, because it's just with the Italian passport. I'm an EU member, so it's easier to get in and out with my Italian, okay. my Italian passport. But 
Um, one they time. don't question. You just flash oh, it and you just put it through the machine. Oh, no, 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 no. They asked me questions. And one time there were what, two people watching and they made me sit in the corner by myself and Edson was No there. Italian at passport control ever flagged anyone. Terrible. They're all sitting there smoking fags and drinking no, coffee. I don't speak Italian. They're, they're, they're like, you, you, you got in without speaking. Our, what? Our language. And so. Yeah. I was I in Greece and I was just sitting outside the airport and somebody, the guy asked me for my passport. I was so proud to take out the Canadian one. I'm like, look, look, <laughs> you wish I wanted to live in your country. <laughs> Amazingly, Germany's second, Japan is mm. top, then Singapore and Singapore, best two passports in the world. I mean, I wonder why Japan is top, I guess, because their tourists spend loads of money and they go to loads of places. They tip really well, and they always order fresh orange juice. And give free Walkmans. Yeah, I would have thought Switzerland would have been higher. Yeah, Vatican City, 27th. See, evil, <laughs> wrong and evil. Are you, do you speak Italian fluently? Is I do. Like, oh, you do? Yeah. You should get an Italian passport. You should teach Scott. I've got English <laughs> Why would I want an Italian passport? In the EU passport, they're better than English. Are you kidding Are you me? Kidding me? Crazy. Uh, well, look when, at the list. When, when, I'm sorry, when I flash my passport and I speak in my Queen's English, <laughs> the world loves me. The English are loved by the world, but hated by our fellow nationals for some <laughs> bizarre reason. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised Russia's 40. 49th. Mm. What are the worst ones? Chad, South Sudan, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia. I, it's all unfair in a way, isn't it? Because how, it's more about their government's actions than the people. That Definitely. I, I qualify for a Jamaican passport, but I know that would cause problems at the border. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> like that a one Jamaican alone. passport. <laughs> yeah. I go for one of those. Kind of cool. Um, on to the Daily Star. And I wondered... Lonely as a cloud that mm. floats high o'er vales and hills. When all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils. Well, not in St Blaise, in Cornwall you didn't, Mr Wordsworth. That's right. Apparently the local health and safety expert has decided that eating daffodils will not kill you, but make you very ill. You'll recover, but you'll throw up and have headaches and stuff. And he's afraid that children will start eating them in the parks. They get so excited in spring. Got to have a daffodil. So he's removed all the daffodils from the parks in his village. Um, Dr. Mark Evans from Southwest Health Protection Unit. He said um, severe vomiting can be a result, so they're going. Oh, well, you know what? If you're dumb enough to eat a daffodil, you deserve some of that. Well, maybe this is Darwin's, this is Darwin's Darwin, method and the council of intervening with Darwin. They're so beautiful. They're only here for like a couple of weeks. I, I know. really enjoy them every year. They're so gorgeous. But he's, so he's, and he's, he's literally gone, uh, the council are agitating to remove the things, the, 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 the uh, daffodils, but somebody's actually gone round and decapitated all the daffodils. They have. And it, it might it's be health and safety gone mad. <laughs> it might be, he's just put up a sign saying, don't eat the daffodils, but then the little ones might not be able to read, they'll eat them anyway. But there's so, so many things that they've banned. I mean, you can't even bring a bottle of shampoo on a plane. You know what I mean? You weren't allowed to chew gum in Singapore. There's all these rules. Mm. There's always I, one I, person I, always wrecks it. Some boomer I, wrecks it for I everybody. I don't believe yeah, yeah. that, that kids are going to eat daffodils because then does daffodils don't kids present... Kids eat boogers. Yeah, they'll eat berries because yeah. berries design themselves to look attractive. But Dara, you don't see a daffodil and think, oh, I'll eat it. Yeah. And in any case, if you're a you... kid and you munch a little bit of daffodil, it will build up your resistance. Fair enough. You know, I have a little cousin, I'm not even joking. I went to read him his stories and found out he had eaten his entire library. He eats paper from a book. So mm. I wouldn't put it past a kid, but you know what? That's how they learn. And I think yeah. mental health is more important, especially for the elderly and old people who it's are... Babies, you know... babies. So if one or two babies dies, old people stay happier. I think it's a, it's a totally the equal The circle thing. of life. They're not going to die. 
Right. right, on to the Daily Star. Oh, we've done the Daily Star. I was about to recite, re-recite my Wordsworth to you. Oh. Uh, the Times is next, Dana, and birds are brighter in the tropics. Yes, officially, they birds get brighter as you move towards the equator. I don't know what the point of studying that was. I think somebody probably just wanted a vacation. But i got to say, it's not easy being a city bird, and a, no word of a lie on Sunday, I saw a raven eat a dead rat, and I lost a little bit of colour. Mm, we might yeah. have some pictures of some birds. Do we have some pictures of some birds that we can... There we go. There's some bright tropical birds. Mm. No sparrows and no tits look like that. I think... I mean, I, from my time in the Amazon, um, <laughs> I do think birds are incredibly bright in the tropics, but every time... I think colours generally look brighter in hotter yeah. countries. They're camouflaging themselves. the grey light well. of Britain or whatever. Yeah, colours yeah. don't seem as bright. Or anybody with colour just doesn't feel like they belong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, right, onto the mirror. And Scott, if you thought the silence of the lambs was bad, right. wait till you hear about Cat Dealey's bracelet. <laughs> oh, or as Kat, you call her, Cat Delay. Cat Delay. Cat Dahmer. Cat Dahmer has decided <laughs> she wants a bracelet made of her, ch her two children's, her two sons' skin and teeth. Apparently, Milo and James had to give up some flesh, and uh, they've already given her their teeth because they're waiting for the, the, the little fair. radical tooth fairy to, to appear. Instead, she's going to take them and she's going to make a little bracelet out of them because it makes her feel closer to her children. She wants them near her at all times, which you're right, is the reason Dahmer ate people. He said he wanted them close to inside. He would bring a head in a bag to the office and put oh, the Lord. head right there. I did a play about it. <laughs> He's my favorite serial killer. Although, not the one I communicated most often with. That would be Eric Menendez. However, the reason these people killed people... Put the people, lotion in the basket. <laughs> Is that the right Put line? the lotion in the... <laughs> but anyway, the reason they did... My favorite film. The, re the reason they do it is what they, Kat says. They want them near them all the, all the time. And I bet you they probably don't want to be that near to her. It sounds a little smothery to me. Well, I think in a family like that, it's hard to say, isn't it? Maybe the kids are just like her, which is oh, terrible. She's probably breastfeeding them until they're seven. Maybe they'll make a little uh, pantsuit out of her when she's gone. Who knows? The skin is weird, but the teeth, I kind of get. It's all because creepy and you, 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 you get there, the little Dom, baby tooth, and it's there. permanent, and you think you want to preserve it. All, the, all of them, maybe one. Like, I have a boar's tooth on one necklace, but all of the teeth? Like, no, it, damn. It's really wrong. It's all wrong. Cat's bored. Cat needs to get outside, eat some greens, go for a run, right? Yeah. Increase, Maybe, your, increase your yoga practice. Well, Challenge yourself. We're going to get cat delay onto <laughs> headliners and that will solve this. Right. An odd form of aggression in the mirror next. Mm. Stuffing lamb chops in people's car exhausts. What's all this about? This is very strange. So the West Mercia police are on the hunt to find out who is <laughs> behind a spate of bizarre meat attacks in oh. Crendon Hill in Hereford. They include lamb chops uh, being stuffed in car exhausts and eggs being thrown out of house. I feel like if you're so specific about a prank, the person in the house knows a little something yeah. that they don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like how the British reaction was like, don't waste meat, that's a waste of meat. People going hungry in this country, you stuffing lamb chops and exhausts. Please. I do love lamb chops, though. That story made me hungry. I do, and lamb chops are not cheap. Mm. The good like, ones aren't. Waitrose lamb chops are very expensive. They're delicious, though. Do you shop in Waitrose? I don't go there. I go to a bespoke... Uh, Hipster butcher. No. Oh, really? I, I bet you do. Um, but the uh, <laughs> no, lamb chops are expensive mm. and it is wasteful. Every I thought you were supposed to put, you put sugar in the engine and what do you put in the exhaust to, to mess up a car? Oh, God. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't even drive. Oh, God, that picture's terrible. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's, Look, there we go. There's a picture. I think that is a oh chicken drumstick I think, on the wheel. I think it, it, it must be some sort of romantic breakup, don't you think? Something crazy went down, and the person who had, had that happen to them knows the more than they're the saying, exhaust. I think. Hmm. There's two pounds worth of lamb chop, five pounds worth that of lamb chop. That looks vaguely familiar, that image. Imagine being the police on that case. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Weird people. Yeah. Right, now, this is a, a very concerning story. Um, the Mail, and we are broadcasting our location into deep space well, via a radio message. Now, is this why? I think people want to know if we're alone in the universe. And if you've ever watched an episode of Star Trek, you know the answer. We are not, but we want more proof. And so even though uh, Stephen Hawkins said, don't do it, because humanity is, is, our behavior is terrible, and the aliens might be worse. So we don't want them coming here. Yeah, they might eat us or enslave us. Yeah. How do we know if they've got radios? Well, uh, we're assuming. We're assuming that they're, that they're non-binary, apparently. So it's almost like peeing on a hydrant. It's like, they need to know that we're here. Yeah, but it's yeah. so silly. Like, even when they, what do they put a, an American flag on the moon? Like, exactly. give me a here break. Here we are. I, I'd rather keep my camouflage on and have them not know. But people, some people just want to know. They want to be known and seen. So they're sending out messages. It worries some people. It doesn't worry others. If but you were head of NASA, would you ban the sending out of messages, Dana, or would you encourage? I mean, it's it? a bit, it's a bit fruitless. I mean, what would you, what would you tell the aliens? What would you want to tell the aliens? Um, we're here, mm. and if you're light years behind us, bet on Liverpool to win the Champions <laughs> League <laughs> when they're three 0 down at half time. There we go. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. The, the, it's interesting, the, the first message was transmitted in 1974 for the yeah. same purpose. Mm. And, and it was sent in binary code and once decoded, formed a visual graphic showing a stick figure of a human. It's a, our DNA and a depiction of our solar system. Which is good, it's a good idea, but nothing happened from it. But I think now they think they're going to try to send it out to a farther distance from a higher aperture. We mm. hope that that helps. Do we believe in aliens on the headliners? I remember I had a, a flatmate. He said, this Scottish guy's like, all the Canadian comics are so crazy. Do you believe in aliens? And I was just like, well, I don't not believe in them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, they could be single-celled organisms. You really don't know. But I, I think it's definitely plausible that there, there is life on other planets. I mean, why wouldn't there be? Not French people, though, hopefully. Oh, gosh. Life, but not the French. Do you, are you an alien believer? I, I believe in everything. I say bring it. What do you got? I love it. Surely, as North Americans, you've both seen UFOs in the, in the wild I've lands. I've seen some stuff that looks Oklahoma really... Oklahoma or somewhere. Well, recently, right, the government has come out and said there are things that are inexplicable, and they've released videos online. It's become a big deal in the last couple. We talked about it on the show. And I've watched those videos. I don't, I don't know. I... I, I I don't know. It would be great. I'd love to smoke a joint with an alien. There's but a comedian called Steve Harris who swears he's seen a UFO on the M56, I think, just outside Warrington. He was high. I want them to have big eyes and tentacles exactly. and be funny and stuff. Well, you know, what's that, what's that, what's that drug? DMT or whatever it is? Some a psychoactive drug. I'm too old to know about it. But everybody I know who's ever tried it said they met the aliens. Every single person. So if you want to meet them, just maybe try that. Okay, the secret to great coffee, says the Independent, is all down to the birds and bees. Now, Dana, this is yours because I gather, I've learned this about you, you were once trained by Starbucks. I was once trained by Starbucks back in my, my, my sadder comedy days <laughs> at the beginning of my career. Yes, and so it's the pollination that really is what's keeping um, 
the coffee at such a high quality. But I don't know if, you, if you're familiar. This is related. Have you ever heard of the Kopi Luwak, the defecated seeds? That one, yeah. So there's the one actually eat a coffee seed, not digest. There's like it this and... little, this monkey-looking thing in Indonesia okay. that in the Java region that eats um, coffee beans, and it goes through their whole system, and it's a very high-quality coffee. So is this the new hipster coffee, defecated coffee? I'm telling you, it's Indonesian a thing, and they, and they also do it with um, what is it, argon oil? They, they, but it passes through a goat. Oh, really? Yeah, the enzymes like break down the shell and do all kinds of stuff. And they also think it's because the animal uh, can pick the quality beans because of the smell. Oh. But yeah. But they're saying too in the circle, it's just let nature do what nature does. Let the birds and the bees deal with the coffee. It gets rid of all the detritus. And again, the birds the, eat the bad insects. Yeah, the, insects yeah, the birds for the insects, the bees for the pollination. Correct. And it, it, increases, it increases the number of beans you can actually farm. So it helps the farmers with their it's profit. It's almost as though positive non-intervention works. Oh. As always, yes. yes. You're, you're a statist. You're not a positive non-interventionist. <laughs> My favorite coffee is from Brazil, though. My husband brings like, big bags of uh, Brazilian coffee. It's absolutely delicious. And that, his mother just gets from down the road. You know, it's not over-processed. It's grown right there. That's what you want. I've got Amazon pods, and they're really good. Oh, right. Mm. Mm. Right, that is all we have time for. What is your best cup of coffee, very quickly, as the coffee expert? I, I'm, this, uh, this is so trashy, but a Tim Hortons double-double. I'm sorry! Oh, my God. Tim Hortons <laughs> double-double. Right, that's all we've got time what? for. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 